Welcome to the Chicago First podcast, uh, behind the scenes, our very first episode. Uh, whether you're listening on the podcast or watching uh, on Facebook Live, we're glad that you're here. Uh, the behind the scenes podcast is really dedicated to give you a little bit of a picture and join the conversation for what's happening here behind the scenes at Chicago First uh, in the midst of our church. I'm sitting with Pastor Brian, our uh, uh, senior pastor here. We're in the library, Chicago First. Um, I'm drinking a grande Starbucks iced coffee, no classic, a splash of half and half. That's that's the best drink. Uh, Brian, Brian, what are you drinking? This is Folgers Black, about a day old at this point in time, in a dirty cup. Yeah. Which is the way coffee was meant to be drank. Sure. But okay. That'll be another podcast. That should not be a podcast. <laughs> uh, Brian, what are we doing here today? What are we doing? Yeah, so it, it is really, really fun. At Chicago First these days. This is a 116-year-old church, one of the like mother churches in the denomination, particularly in the Midwest, and um, and located near the city of Chicago and um, one of the greatest cities on the planet. And uh, our journey has been one of trying to uh, find our way in terms in terms of what ministry needs to look like as we head into the 2020s. Um, staring at 2030, and uh, over the last few years, we have we've begun to rethink our approach in terms of how we are reaching out to people, how we're serving our community, our uh, community, um, and uh, and we realized in 2018 that we had kind of shifted our focus really towards reaching the more than 60,000. This is a mind-boggling number. More than 60,000 nuns, N-O-N-E-S. Um, these are folks who at the last sentence, uh, at the last sentence, at the last <laughs> census, yeah. um, didn't identify with any religious affiliation whatsoever. And there's 60,000 within five miles of our That's building. Yeah. We have a recreation program uh, that will uh, minister to more than 2,000 different kids. That means 10,000 immediate family are here. We have preschool. And we were rethinking as a leadership team in 2018 um, you know, we've changed some of our focus and some of our methodology, but we really haven't changed our leadership structure. Right. Yeah. And so the senior pastor, you know, everything came through that chair and we had just some really powerful uh, leadership from our DS who had talked about decentralizing leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we talked to the board in the fall of 2018 and the idea was that, um, that we wanted to accomplish several things. Number one, we wanted to create an executive team that would be made up so that the leadership would not just be from the senior pastor, mm-hmm. but the senior pastor would kind of give away some of that, some of those decision making to be part of a team. And we wanted that team uh, to to include a younger uh, perspective, a younger face. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 58. I'm a really cool 58. And, <laughs> and so uh, when we look at all of the young families that, that are just all around us, yeah. um, uh, we wanted to be able to connect. And so we were, we began to pray and think about what would it look like um, if we were able to bring in um, a younger leader who had uh, some, a, a call to preach and teach and was gifted accordingly and could help us with things like assimilation and life groups and at the same point in time, then, as as this individual moved into uh, a position on an executive team, which would include, in this case, you and myself, and then Phil Kazee, yeah. our executive pastor, um, it would free each of us up to kind of do our thing, mm-hmm. and uh, and we could decentralize the authority and just get more done. We have works in Uptown in Chicago, a neighborhood of the city in Englewood. We've got works in. Austin, mm-hmm. and all of those things, plus a bunch of strategic initiatives that we wanted to get done in Lamont, 
just never got done mm-hmm. because uh, we had the structure that was senior pastor and everything had to go through that. So, uh, so the board was on uh, very much on board with it, and we entered into 2019 thinking, where are we going to find this individual? And I called uh, my friend Kevin Donahoe, and uh, and Kevin said, I have an idea, and that's why we're here. Yeah. Why are you here? Sure, that's good. Uh, it's a good transition, by the way. You wouldn't know this is our first podcast. I know, man. Look it's, at that. it's the coffee. Uh, it's the coffee. So... For me, I think going back probably about a year and a half now, um, I was a lead youth pastor under Kevin Donahoe, which you just mentioned. Uh, I had a church, multi-site church, uh, and I was loving doing ministry, but I began to feel a shift in my heart of God really speaking to me and my wife, um, saying, get ready. And we're like, what, is, what does this mean? Uh, we don't necessarily like this. We love where we're at. We love what we're doing. Uh, and we kept praying and kept praying. And we did feel like God was saying, get ready. Something is coming. Something's coming next. Um, and honestly, nothing really came for a little while. And I began to wrestle with, does this mean something's changing with my role in this church? And kind of explored that a little bit. Um, and through this wrestling with God of what does this mean? What's happening internally? Uh, my mentor, who I worked with, um, he's like, hey, listen, man, I've known you seven, eight years. I've known you well enough. Uh, you're really struggling with this, aren't you? And I said, yeah. And he, it was a really great clarifying conversation. What do you feel like God has called you to do your unique personality, your makeup, your gifting, uh, the way that God has uh, made you and wired you. What is it you're called to do? Um, and I was like, you know, I've done about everything in the church, but honestly, what I enjoy and what I feel like God's gifted me to do uh, is to preach and to teach um, and, and to I have a heart and a passion for systems and discipleship. Yeah. Uh, and it was really cool. Yeah, he was very affirming. Yeah, I can see that in you. And then at the same point where it was affirming, it was like, this is terrible because that is not a position in any church, Nazarene yeah. church, where you'd be preaching, not overseeing everything, but then overseeing discipleship assimilation. And so I was like, yeah, that's what I feel like I'm called to do. That's, that's not a job. Uh, and then I think it was two days after that conversation, uh, phone rings and it's on the other and he says, hi, this is uh, Brian Wangler, Chicago First Church. Uh, I'm not, I know you're not looking for anything. I don't know if you'd ever be interested in a position. We're looking for someone to do uh, preaching and discipleship and assimilation. Yeah. Would, would you ever have any interest in that? <laughs> uh, and I've been following God long enough now to know that coincidences like that, you should probably stop and take notice of. Uh, so that kind of began our conversation, yeah. obviously. Um, and then through interviewing, meeting with the board here, uh, continuing to pray, God, amazing stories for later, um, making things fall into line. Yeah. Uh, we very much felt called. This is exactly where we're supposed to be for this time and this place. Uh, and you mentioned the, the 60,000 nuns around us. Uh, our family fits that same demographic of a ton of those people of young families just starting out. Yeah. And so think yeah. about a place to do ministry. That's essentially, uh, yeah, how we ended up here. Yeah. So, you know, in the, in the church world and leadership world, uh, we, we always have this, uh, this tension that we live in between how, how can we continue to grow and how can we continue to become who God's called us to become in a given setting um, and be multi-generational. Hmm. And so, um, uh, I mean, you know, you, you, as a senior pastor, I could hang on and just say, hey, yeah. this is how we've done things. Yeah. Um, and then eventually, you know, I would walk out the door. They would ask me to walk out the door and, and someone would come in and kind of start all over. And so I, we, we have just over the last, and you've been here over six months now, yeah, we have just, you know, there was questions about the whole executive team, yeah. the different ages and questions about um, beginning to share as a senior pastor. Because I didn't share preaching much over, yeah. the, <laughs> over yeah. the years. 
and there was there was questions. You even asked me, you know, it's going to be so different for you. But I got to tell you, um, what we have what we have discovered already by having uh, just the combination of yourself and Phil and myself, and then our other staff yeah. and the church board at the table has been nothing but. Uh, just a blast. Yeah. It's just been it's been incredible. It's been interesting to share the load of ministry that normally falls on the shoulders of one person to say what does that look like then for three to carry that load together and obviously the rest of the staff and uh, volunteer base as well, uh, which has been good. It's been interesting and even for me uh, to be able to step into this role to say I'm going to be working with our life group system, which we launched. We're getting ready to launch again. Uh, our assimilation, everything from greeting team, all of those things, getting people to take their next steps in their relationship with yeah. Jesus to be able to focus on that before, oh, hey, new guy, walk into a church where you don't know the people, you don't know the context, and begin to preach immediately. Yeah. Yeah. To be able to say, well, I can really get my hands in my head behind these systems, develop these things, get to know the people, and then increasingly step into more of a preaching, teaching role uh, has been really good. And it's is rare. You never see that in a church, which has been really interesting. Yeah, so. and I, I think the, the benefit, you know, um, for us as a church is uh, there's a lot of them. Um, one of the things, and even uh, even already, as you have uh, begun to help me with some of these things, and we've shared some of this stuff, um, we're we're launching a, a new senior adult ministry. We bring in uh, uh, increasing Bob Brown's position with this, and so we're going to be able to give some focus to that. I mean, there's just a lot of those areas. Um, I'm having meetings with some of our teams, our Celebrate Recovery team, to mm-hmm. talk about profile and all of those things. Um, all of that is beginning. But I think one of the greatest assets is going to be that when you come to Chicago first or you invite your friends to Chicago first, um, we, you know, we're really committed to quality, to doing, and that for us, excellence is just the best we can do. Mm-hmm. We're going to pray. We're going to prepare. We're going to be ready. Um, but beyond that, there's going to be a variety. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, so it's not always going to look the same. Yeah. There's times when, when I'll be preaching, when you'll be preaching, and I think that that brings... Uh, a freedom yeah. uh, in, in a weird way, it kind of allows the Holy Spirit to do some very different stuff yeah. than if it, than if it, because any of us that are doing something 100% of the time, yeah. you know, you just develop patterns. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be really, really exciting for the weekend. Yeah. And I'd say just to add to that, yeah, hearing different voices, hearing different perspectives hits different people on their own life stages, hits different generations as we figure out what it means to worship together multi-generationally uh, anyway. I also think it's interesting just from a speaking standpoint of, hey, if you're up 49, 52 weeks a year, but if you say, hey, I have one week more to prepare for this message, yeah. how much more mentally uh, you can get behind that. So uh, right. I think some people that are listening or watching may say, okay, so in my role then, beginning to increase some in preaching and teaching, uh, and Brian still being the lead pastor, what are the things that you're most excited in this little shift of a transition? What are you excited to help oversee, develop, yeah. and grow? Yeah. 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 So there's some uh, there's a discipleship initiative that we're going to launch in February, uh, which is going to give me a chance to do some uh, some discipleship teaching that I've not. You know, it's been it's you know my wall. If anybody knows me, um, you know I, I I buy those big uh, post-it notes, right? The great big ones. <laughs> if, uh, Dale Schaefer kidded me one time. He said, if you ever stop using them, they're going to go out of business because. Um, but they're all over your office. They're, they're yeah. all over, and and they're, and they're all full of stuff where it would be like, you know, I have this idea. Mm-hmm. We should we should do this, and so, so one of the things is a is a kind of unique discipleship experience that I'm going to be able to invite some people into in February that we haven't been able to do. Um, we're working with uh, Nick Stricker, who's um, one of our business leaders in the church, on a unique gathering just 
Uh, it's called Kingdom Heart Business Minds. And the idea is, uh, particularly since we're in the Chicago area, we have so many young leaders, business leaders, um, who are who are slugging it out, man. I mean, you know, they're on the front end of a career and they're trying to figure stuff out. At the same point in time, because we're Chicago first, we have just this gallery of, of business leaders, male and female, who have done extraordinary things. Yeah. Well, what if we could get them together yeah. and we could help to create an environment where um, where we could talk about you know how do you how do you build a business and not lose your mind right yeah. <laughs> or your family or yeah. something like that so that's an issue that we're working on I mentioned Celebrate Recovery we've had some really cool stuff happen with Celebrate Recovery here locally and then uh, a couple of years ago uh, one of our ladies Kathy Powell um, said uh, there was a secular treatment center that's close to us um, and she said Pastor I think God's called me to take Celebrate Recovery inside of the secular treatment center. And she said, do you think they'll let me do that? And, uh, and as a pastor, we have to be people of faith, right? And so I, 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 I didn't tell her what I was really thinking because I was really thinking it was absolutely not. Yeah. But I said, hey, if God told you to try, you should try. And she did. And over the last couple of years, I mean, literally hundreds of women have made decisions for Christ and been connected to churches when they got out of treatment, yep. which is rarely around here. Sure. Usually they're going someplace else. Um, and so we began to ask, and this is part of uh, this whole uh, this whole issue of recognizing there's different opportunities yeah. in our day. Yeah. Well, if she's doing that there, where else should we be? Yeah. Uh, where Where are some other places that if we just knocked on the door, it would open up? So we're wanting to continue to to look at that prospect, and then we have an amazing opportunity that is open. And that's just like here in Lamont. And then uh, we have an amazing opportunity that's opening up in the city in, in our Austin campus with Church on the Block. Uh, we've had a partnership with an after-school program uh, by the hand, and, uh, and we're going to have the opportunity to minister to uh, more than 400 kids who are right there um, as a result of Pastor Rob and Cassie and the ministry that they're doing there. But we want to provide some additional help. Yeah. Um, and so, again, uh, Rob and I have, over the last couple of years, we get together when we could, yeah. but I wasn't able to give the kind of support. So we've done that. And then I could, you know, I could talk about Inglewood with Ivan Lopez and the work he's doing in Uptown with Mr. Relio and, and Howard's helping us out there. There's just, uh, there's a lot of multiplication yeah, that we good. feel like can happen in addition to providing the, the things that we, that we need here. Yeah, so. that's good. And I feel like only, uh, just time and attention and focus, um, as you mentioned earlier, that can't happen just in one seat. If one person oh, no. is trying to drive, well, six if, if it could, it wasn't going to happen with me. <laughs> and and the, you know the the concept of canoeing the mountains, um, which is a book by Todd Bolsinger that, yeah. that just challenges the church. You better think differently, yeah, uh, because it's, it's a good. different day. Um, really call, called for us to take a step back and ask some different questions. Yeah, and so um, and uh, historically, what we've done is that uh, the there's a vision for the church, and it's. Uh, it's presented or preached in a service and over a period of weeks, and then people uh, will latch on to it. Well, well, there's so many different dynamics going on now. Mm-hmm. We knew we had to come at it differently. Yeah. And so, 
yeah, it's, uh, it's an exciting. Yeah, time. I'm excited to be here. I think that they're we're on the brink of so many things at this church um, with potential that in any one of six, seven different things, if one thing happens, amazing things can happen to help grow deeper the people that are already connected and help to reach uh, all of the people around us and the people in different neighborhoods in Chicago uh, that need the good news of Jesus. So uh, anyway, yeah, I think that maybe a good spot to kind of conclude uh, the podcast today, unless you have any other final thoughts. I'm just, uh, I'm excited about what's going on and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking at the, the opportunities that are around us because yeah. the playing field has changed. The, the dynamics have changed, but Jesus is the same yeah. and he, he still loves people and he wants to see them reach with the gospel. And just to, this might be a good way to, to, to conclude it. We were, we were talking, we had an event Friday night um, that was for preschool families and um, uh, in, in the church and out of the church. And we had, we had uh, 20, uh, 22 of our preschool families who came to that event. Yeah. And, uh, and it was a solid, you were there yeah. with Lily. And yeah, I was there with my two and a half year old daughter. It was cool to see. There was there were probably a hundred people there. Uh, and as you started to say, there's 26 families that were there and we were realizing we really hit a amazing amount marketing through going through our preschool, which is an amazing preschool. These 22 families from the preschool were in our building hearing Jesus stories, yeah. uh, some of them for the first time and sharing that. And then their crazy preschoolers get to run around and play games and do different activities that were themed uh, with the stories. Yeah, it's amazing. So, and, and in the course of that, um, uh, I was given the the job of uh, of operating this little fishing <laughs> That's game. That's right. Um, and uh, Pastor Phil and I, they put us someplace where we can't hurt anything. <laughs> and, uh, and there was a little girl. One of the things that we were asking the kids to say when they caught a fish was, um, uh, "With Jesus, everything is possible." Yeah. Um, or something like that. I'm not sure I got it that's right. Close. Yeah, that's close. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> and uh, and uh, this this uh, young mom yeah. was there with her daughter, and the the mom's response when Pastor Phil said, "Hey, you know, you remember this Bible story you heard?" Was I learned more about um, the gospel tonight than she did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is a very uh, this this is a sharp young lady who has who is just part of that whole nun, yeah. right? Yeah. And she goes, this whole church thing is brand new to me. Mm. And if there's music to my ears, yeah, it's to have someone uh, who's inside our building or become or been influenced by our ministry to say, um, uh, this is brand new to me because yeah. that's. That's what God's called us to do. Yeah, it's so. awesome, and that's our hope and prayer that yep. gospel will go forward. So uh, let's let's have the close podcast uh, uh, by praying today. Let's pray together. Amen. God, we thank you for um, this church, for everything that's been in its past and its history. And God, we thank you uh, for who she is today as well. God, I pray that you would bless uh, all of our efforts. God, we give you our plants, we give you our people, we give you our ministries, and we simply ask that you would bless them all the way from preschool and rec uh, to the different things that are happening in the city as well. Um, God, would you continue to reveal your will and your direction for us as we follow after you together? Would you bless our church? We love you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.